Welcome to Travel Market Life, your companion for industry insights and professional business development. Travel Market Life. Join us by webcast, video or podcast. Welcome to Travel Market Life. I'm your host, Ryan Haynes. And in today's episode, we're going to be looking at global accommodation programs and TMCs with John Hubbs Hurrell, the head of the Advantage Global Network. The Advantage Global Network connects corporate clients to travel management experts around the world. Its network of TMCs employs over 30,000 people in over 80 countries. We're going to be looking at trends in demand and client sentiment, the attention on customer value, and the growing focus on hotel ancillaries and dynamic hotel rates. Travel Market Life. John, thanks ever so much for joining us today. I mean, it's been a very interesting year so far. Um, we've had to react to many different things than we had to last year, particularly uh, the current uh, situation around cancellations. How are you and your team responding to this uh, effectively and working with the industry? Well, hi, Ryan. Thank you for having me today. Um, it, it's, a, it's an interesting question you ask. Uh, obviously, a lot of um, you know, media coverage in terms of cancellations uh, and amendments. Uh, obviously, a lot of people have been displaced because of it. Uh, what we are finding is that our members have never been busier uh, when it comes to obviously dealing with this sort of thing. But it also puts uh, you know, the, the TMC or the travel management company and travel agent at the very heart of the, 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 the solution and also the uh, uh, the sort of whole environment, the travel environment, and places a greater importance, obviously, on their role. Um, so, you know, we have seen that, uh, you know, where the cancellations come into place, the travel agent has stepped in, has obviously spent a lot of time to re-protect passengers, um, making bookings in good faith, because at the end of the day, you know, they will sell what is available in the system. But it, it has been a very, very busy period for them, which has been good when you consider, obviously, the last two years uh, have been, you know, very, very slow uh, and very little travel going on, borders being closed. So it, it, it's obviously a welcome return for, for travel, but also comes with, uh, you know, some frustrations around the fact that obviously a lot of the work that's being done is to re-protect passengers rather than getting them away at the moment. I mean, travel agents have, uh, we've seen this growth uh, in demand for travel agents, as you say, around that protection of the booking, having someone they can actually talk to and reach out to, unlike some of the online portals. But travel agents have been getting a bit of a battering, unfortunately, from the media for almost selling product that isn't necessarily available. But as you say, you know, they're only selling what's there and what's on the system. Um, and um, and as, as, as such, they're also able to support customers much more. Now, this is a, this is a really reverse trend to what we saw uh, 20 years ago with the emergence of um, the um, budget airlines and the OTAs where there's a lot of South booking. Do you, are, are we really seeing that shift back now uh, more to people wanting to have that security with travel agents and packages that are protected? Definitely, you know, and, you know, one of the things that obviously comes back is, is obviously travel confidence. You know, if you've you know had a period of time where you may have booked uh, something directly because you felt confident to package your own arrangements uh, and then obviously you're having to deal with multiple moving parts within that transaction uh, by buying, buying a package or, or booking through a, a travel agent you know you've got a lot more sort of um, coverage there in terms of comfort that you know someone is really going to step in and look after you so I, I do think um, if anything has come out of the pandemic obviously is that you know the, the need uh, to re-engage with, uh, with a travel professional, a travel agent who can help you with all those little new moving parts of travel, because it's not just about, you know, the, the flight or the hotel. 
it's about all the other bits and pieces that go with it. When you think, obviously, you, you know, you're booking a car, train or whatever to get to the airport, then your airport experience, then your hotel, the other end, transfers again, car, uh, there's a lot to think about. And therefore, you know, the, the, the whole sort of infrastructure sits very well within the travel agency. And I, you know, I do believe that, you know, you know, th this has been almost like a, a rebirth of the travel agent. You know, the industry uh, has had a very sort of flat period uh, and we're now back in an area where the, the, the travel management company or the travel agent can rebrand themselves as that tr trusted advisor to the traveller and, and also the corporate customer as well. I mean, you know, the reason why we set up Travel Market Life was to be able to look at the fact that the travel is an ecosystem with so many different players and so many different segments. And we all really need to understand each of those and how they all work together and, and really support one another to bring in the industry back after such uh, a restricted time of, of travel mm -hmm. and movement. Um, now, you know, the big issue that we're experiencing, as we've seen with the airports and the airlines, but also within hospitality, is this shortage of staff. Mm -hmm. um, how how do you sort of see that we can sort of rebrand travel or, or really sort of um, ignite that interest um, amongst um, the, the new generation up and coming and attract new talent to the industry? Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's a, it's a really good question. And it's a conundrum that has been discussed and trying to sort of be resolved you know, since the beginning of the year, you know, since partial way through, obviously, the, the, the last couple of years, you know, when you know, we started to see that the, the, the components were being rebuilt. Um, one thing to obviously point out, you know, this this um, obviously podcast will probably go out to a global audience. It's a global problem. Okay, it's not just obviously UK. We sit in the UK today. We're talking about it from a UK perspective. Lots of media coverage, obviously, on on queues, cancellations, that sort of thing. But the industry as a whole has, has been suffering before that in terms of attracting talent in. So I think what we need to do is we need to certainly obviously offer. Uh, and make it attractive. Uh, we need to appeal to a, a younger uh, audience. I think one of the things that we can do there is obviously, you know, um, install sort of more tech-related uh, systems to uh, to become enablers. I know that obviously contradicts what we were saying earlier about, you know, putting the TMC at, at the heart of everything you do for your customer. We well, you can still do that, but you need to make sure that, you know, that there is a certain amount of, um, you know, comfort being in the industry. I think a lot of people stepped away because they felt it was quite volatile. The last two and a half years, obviously, have uh, seen people move to sectors that are, are considered to be maybe a, a safe haven. Everyone's got commitments, obviously, they want to pay, but we've got to make it attractive. We've got to ensure that people that have left the industry, uh, they, they've left, but maybe they haven't left for, for forever. You know, maybe there, there is something that we can draw them back in. You know, people that are in the industry love being in the industry. They've got a passion for travel. That passion's got to come through, but we have to start appealing to, uh, you know, a, a younger a younger audience to try and bring them in a lot earlier, perhaps even, you know, from university and, and, and colleges, schools, that sort of thing to uh, to make the industry, you know, to, that little bit more attractive to them and, and, and see that it is, a, it is a secure job that offers uh, multiple areas. You've touched on it earlier, you know, with uh, hospitality, you know, the hotel sector, airlines, airport infrastructure. I think, you know, we need to make it attractive. We need to make it a, a job that is seen as being interesting um and very sort of customer uh, friendly you know that sort of role um and i think you know it, it has got a future providing obviously we might have the right conversations at lower level and, and with you know, through the sort of the ed education services as well 
I mean, I'm glad that you touched on technology being such an uh, important component um, because I think that does attract uh, the new generation much more. So they're not going to work on pen and paper. Uh, they mm -hmm. much rather much prefer working on, you know, um, smart applications and devices and and being able to see a lot of the administrative stuff just move a lot faster um, than the traditional repetitive manual process that we've had before yep. and has been so stuck within the industry. Um, one of the interesting points that you made was the fact that some of these TMCs and agents are really now able to sort of rebrand themselves. And I was only having a conversation with a journalist um, a couple of days ago around what can the industry do to get greater faith in what it's offering and what it's delivering. And and, and I guess this is all part of it, isn't it? It's, it's about showing um, the promise and commitment and support that you provide to your customers. Um, and and um, how are you seeing that most effective for uh, really getting uh, consumer buy-in or, or, or customer buy-in in, in in, in that trust um, that uh, you can provide? Well, I think, you know, as you said, earlier, you know, you, you become the trusted advisor. You know, it's no longer a transactional type arrangement. You have to be that trusted advisor or, or, of the traveller, whether that be corporate or leisure. You've got to obviously have get the advocacy there that they don't want to do that independently themselves anymore. Um, so I think through good communication, good discussions with, 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 uh, with, with your travellers, uh, understanding obviously what their needs are, making sure that you're looking after them every, every step of the way. And, you know, we talk about total trip management within Advantage, but it is fundamental to ensuring you're getting your traveller from A to B. There are no, you know, uh, sort of breaks in, in the journey. Now, you're still going to have people that are going to want to be uh, independent and do some bits and pieces themselves or do the research through you. And then obviously, but it's the support. It's making sure you're available to them 24-7 uh, and, uh, you know, in the event that something goes wrong, a cancellation, you have that information at your fingertips ready to support them and, and provide them with an alternative uh, or communicate with them. So I think it's key. It is key that obviously that, uh, that the TMCs, the travel management companies, uh, are available for their travellers and, and the travelling community, uh, but obviously making sure they're in tune with what they need and, and looking after them every step of the way. I mean, it's funny because one of the first questions that I said that we we're going to ask was about the trends that we're seeing. And really, you know, we're not talking about trends around numeric trends, um, around the, the necessary the focus of demand, but really how, how as an organization and as an industry, how we're behaving and, and how that is adapting. But the demand is certainly changing as well. You've had some um, recent data that certainly compares uh, the last couple of years. Um, you know, we, we, we were in a very restricted travel position um, in in the first quarter of last year. Uh, we've opened up um, significantly this year. Uh, what are some of the uh, key behaviours you're seeing um, around um, travel buying? Well, I, th I think, look, it, 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 you've hit the nail on the head there. <clears throat> you know, going back to sort of the first quarter of last year versus this year, understandably, you, you will see that, you know, where there's some international markets that weren't open, you know, there's been an increase in bookings. Uh, that has then stimulated, you know, the average daily rates in, increasing. In other markets, though, you'll, you'll see that uh, there's probably been a little bit of a retraction. And the reason there's been a retraction in the, the, the sort of average daily rates is the fact that um, some properties are, were, were focusing on, on being open. So they were open to, you know, supporting uh, key workers and, and, and key industries um, or, there was less hotels available in, in that particular city, in that particular market, and therefore the rate was fairly high then. But now we've had a, 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 you know, a full opening where 
you know, 99% of the hotels are now open uh, and therefore there's competition in the market. So you will see some peaks and troughs. It's not an all exact science in that, you know, everyone suddenly rocketed up and paying more for their hotels uh, because it, it will vary, be variable depending on, on the market that you're looking at. But what we have seen, and obviously it's clear, you know, where there's been opens of borders, the US in particular is, a, is an example, um, you know, that's been, you know, stimulated the growth there. New York, for example, very, very high sort of average daily rate increase. And the reason that, that, that for that is that obviously European travellers, UK travellers are now able to access the US uh, and have played their part in obviously stimulating that, you know, and, you know, it's an opportunity for the hoteliers, you know, for, for two years, you know, some have been closed, um, some have been trading completely down with, with low occupancy. Um, why not? The, rate, the rates are there. It's, it really is a, su- a supply and demand type of arrangement at the moment. And you will find that will, will, will be variable as we go through sort of the month on month, the quarter by quarter, we'll start to see obviously uh, differences in, in, in key markets. And I expect to see, you know, with the likes of Asia, really only coming into um, in, in opening up in, in the last couple of months and, and, you know, still some markets to open up, that they will probably be towards the latter part, that we'll start to see some, some of those cities uh, appearing in the data. But for, for the most part at the moment, obviously we're seeing uh, decent occupancy across the UK. We understand that people are travelling, whether that be for leisure. We've also seen that, you know, there is a, a return to what they call more collaborative travel, you know, where people are travelling to you know, internally to 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 meet with with, with colleagues and and, and have um, team meetings, have conferences, that sort of thing, and all of this is obviously fueling the demand and, and pushing up the average daily rates. I mean, you mentioned as well that there's greater attention on customer value and particularly um, total trip management. Um, one of the aspects there being hotel ancillaries. How important is that to revenue generation and overall customer customer value that you're seeing? I think it, I think it's massive, and I, you know I wouldn't like to just concentrate just on on, on the hotel piece. You know, let's talk about accommodation because mm. I think one of the key things is you know with, with a, a returning market, and that, you know we are still in a returning market. You know, when we, when we talk about obviously where we are, you know, from a from a travel management uh, perspective, you know, uh, the average that we see across the globe is you know most of the TMCs are sitting around about fifty percent of what they were in twenty nineteen. Okay, so it's about accommodation. Okay, and that includes apartments and also hotels. Now, the, the sort of the retailing side of that and, and the additional ancillaries on the, onto that uh, are around the fact that, you know, people and uh, the staying in hotels uh, in, in the past may have not wanted to use internal services because obviously they didn't want to go to the buffet, they want to do this. So obviously internally, you know, there is probably more, more requirement for that. But also, as I said, the you know the interesting thing is that the the, the resurgence and, and and increasing demand on uh, apartments, um, service departments, where um, p- perhaps people feel more uh, uh, you know at home, uh, where they can you know cook for themselves, they haven't got to go down to sort of a restaurant, bar, that sort of thing. Um, but also, uh, a lot of the stays are increasing as well. So. Um, if people are now, you know, uh, staying, you know, for four or five nights, you know, why not have a service department and, you know, be a little bit more self-sufficient uh, than obviously staying in the hotel. But that said, as I said, the, the stays are getting longer. Uh, and therefore, what we've, we've managed to do as part of our hotel program, uh, talking to the hoteliers, is inject a lot more soft benefits into the actual program. So, you know, it makes it attractive for the corporate traveller. 
our program mainly is directed toward the corporate traveler, but there are some leisure users as well. So that might include some soft, soft benefits that maybe enhance Wi-Fi, a room upgrade, um, you know, a, a food, a food and beverage credit, uh, or, or, or something else as well. Maybe a spa credit if they if, if they if they needed it. But there is a huge opportunity. You know, where where people are returning to hotels. Uh, they are able to obviously, you know, uh, entice the traveller into, you know, the bar and the, you know, the uh, the restaurants now, which previously wasn't there in the past. I mean, I just read a report that they're expecting that the corporate travel won't necessarily return until about 2026 now, uh, which is a lot later than uh, what they indicated sometime last year, obviously. Um, you've also noticed um, that there's been a uh, change in um, accommodation requirements because we are uh, looking at a, a wider range of different types of accommodation. I myself as well am um, certainly spending more time traveling uh, rather than just a one overnight stay because it's just uh, all too much for me, really, to try and do a 24 hour return i've also overheard people um, at different events you know talking about how travel policies are changed are you seeing that um across uh, corporations that they are giving um their their staff or their employees or, or travelers themselves are sort of giving themselves a bit more breathing space than they had before yeah i think there's a lot more consideration obviously when you ask someone to travel for the business that you know when you're putting the program together the world has changed okay so you know most people are accepting the fact that they're going to start traveling again if they, if they were traveling before um you know but uh, corporates are are wanting to ensure that obviously there is a certain amount of duty of care and well-being in, injected into a program and looking after their travelers when they're in the, uh, you know when they're on the road that say so you know we you know have have injected a lot of that into our program and made sure we work with suppliers that can accommodate you know the uh, uh, duty of care part you know the well-being part to, to look after travelers but trips trips are sort of are are being put in place uh on a on an roi basis so whereas before maybe there was you know the need to sort of oh you can go here today and, and, and back the next day more consideration to to, to to sort of work through the fact that you know is the trip beneficial yes it is we're going to get an ROI on this you know you know how how is our traveller going to fare when you know when they're going to uh, be on the, on the road for us uh, and a lot more consideration i think to you know looking after uh, looking after the traveller Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that we always note, particularly from a marketing and sales budget perspective, is how much is a travel and uh, travel and accommodation budget and uh, what is the return that you're getting from that? And that has not necessarily been so transparent before, um, but you are um, seeing much more focus on who you're sending, what you're looking at getting uh, from that travel and then monitoring um, that, that revenue that you're getting. Now, yeah. one of the other things that we're, we're seeing uh, over the last couple of years that you've mentioned is the use um, is changing use of static rate codes. Mm -hmm. um, how are you seeing uh, the role of dynamic rates today? Well, I think that's, that's a really, it's a really interesting point because, you know, we, we talk about the corporate customer and, and, and you were talking about uh, static rates there that, you know, in the past, you know, corporates or some corporates anyway would um, negotiate their own programs based on volume that they had traditionally, you know, put into a particular hotel. And you know, you know, I, I, I do a hundred new room nights with you. You give me a deal, that sort of thing. It's a very flat rate. The fact is that you know we, we've discussed over the last sort of two years, almost three now. You know that you know, is there a place still for a static rate code? Then there might be. You know, if there is a sizable volume. But at the moment, the way that obviously occupancy is and the way that, um, you know, availability is there, that, you know, 
it doesn't necessarily always make sense for uh, a static rate code to be used. And therefore, uh, talking, you know, with my Advantage uh, Global Hotel Program uh, hat on that, you know, when you, when you when you are looking at a, a rate program, it sometimes is better to actually diversify, obviously, where you're, you're putting your travellers and look at programmes where, the, 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 the negotiation has been done on a, on, a, on a far greater volume rather than the sort of static negotiations that you've done on, on a much smaller one. But it also gives you uh, more choice as well. So, uh, yes, you can still obviously maintain the loyalty with, uh, you know, with certain brands if that's what your travellers need. Uh, but it's all about the price at the end of the day. And, and what we will find is that obviously static rate codes do not offer a lot of flexibility or a lot of inclusions either. Whereas, you know, a, a more dynamic sort of pricing uh, model uh, will not only save money, but obviously provide you with a choice uh, and also can, uh, you know, direct you in a way that might be best suited, obviously, for, you know, as I said, the, the, the well-being and, and the DE&I, obviously, of your, uh, uh, of your workforce. So, um, yeah, I think, look, you know, dynamic rates are here. Um, I think there'll, there'll be greater uptake. We've seen that already. Um, and, you know, it was only people will be on the sizable programmes that really will, will, will static code remain. I mean, John, I mean, I, I, there's so much more I could talk to you about. You're giving me so much food for thought and, and there's so much juicy uh, insight here um, that I could continue. I just want to get to one final question, though, um, uh, as uh, we do try to keep these podcasts quite short. Um, how important is it for you to work closely with your accommodation partners and the type of initiatives um, that you actually have in place there to, to, to facilitate them and, and that, that corporate engagement? I think it's I think it's massive. It's huge. Okay, you know we we've had a relationships with a lot of our suppliers for many many years, uh, and um, you know and, and that sees you through the good times, you know, and and the bad times. And it's all about partnerships. Uh, but one thing that I, I am certain of with that is it's about obviously finding your place, you know, and what you can how you can support your your supplier partners. You know, obviously, the Advantage Global Network, we've got representation in the UK. You know, we've got uh, Advantage Travel Partnership in the UK. You know, we're, we're represented in 83 countries as well. Um, but the, the key thing is, it's about obviously getting the messaging out to uh, to the uh, to the end traveller, the end user of the programme, um, and uh, obviously the, the TMC. So it's all about engagement. It's about obviously making sure you're providing the right communication tools uh, and the platform to uh, enable a supplier partner to have their uh, program, their their product, uh, having the maximum amount of exposure, but also, you know, having that sort of, uh, you know, partnership arrangement in terms of, you know, having the ability to be able to tweak rates, you know, answer specific questions about a particular property, look at sustainability, you know, uh, programs that the uh, that the suppliers are, are, are modelling as well. So really be sort of the eyes and ears for the supplier of what's going in in the sort of uh, travel management world, uh, travel agent world as well. So we, we place a lot of value on, on, on our supplier partnerships, uh, you know, and, and, you know, we want to, uh, you know, come out of this last two years in a stronger position. Uh, and I think by... Um, you know, enabling the, the, the travel management companies, the, the, the travel agents to have the right tools and the right products, uh, they will be able to, you know, benefit, everyone benefits in, in the whole travel ecosystem. So, um, 
Absolutely. And, and and obviously you've you and your team are out and about um, engaging in the events, in the associations, um, you know, you're you're you're, you're spreading the words um, and that's incredibly valuable and, and much needed to really understand how the industry is working today. Um, John, thank you ever so much. I'm definitely going to have to invite you back um, for more discussion in the future. It'll be my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, that's John Hubs Horrell, the head of the Advantage Global Network. Find out more of our episodes on Travel Market Life through any of the podcast channels or head to our website, haynesmarkoms.agency, Travel Market Life, for all our episodes and series. I'm Ryan Haynes, your host. Thanks for listening. Ciao for now. For more, go to Travel Market Life. The music sensation by Zach Nelson is reproduced under license from Storyblocks. Travel Market Life is a Haynes Marcoms digital marketing agency production serving the travel and technology industries.